Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? Man, I am great. It's Friday. How can I yeah, be anything It's Friday. Else? So <laughs> what can we complain about? Exactly. <laughs> Plus, you got off easy tonight. Uh, the the uh, groundwork has been laid. The show's already done, and you get to you get to listen along with the with the home audience. Once again, we've had uh, a, a week where it was hard to coordinate all the schedules, so we've got a pre-recorded interview with our guest Brian Wong this evening. And Stephen, this will all be new for you, I guess, huh? That's right. That's right. So I, you know, I I, I, I always like to participate when uh, Brian's involved in the show. He is a fantastic guest. And hate that my schedule is not matching up with his, but uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, I look forward to hearing the, the pre-record on, on uh, uh, with with Brian. So I, I guess time to just break. Well, not in. to spoil it, but you know, we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit about we're, we're going to touch back upon the basic power idea that he spoke about before, and then we're going to talk about uh, some other topics as well. So actually, yeah, not to spoil it. Why don't we just play the interview and then we'll uh, we can <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll relive it. <laughs> then we can, then we can reflect accordingly. So, without any further ado, here's my discussion with Brian Wong. It's always a pleasure to welcome our friend Brian Wong to the show. Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. Great. Well, it's uh, it's good to have you back on. We had you on a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about basic power, an idea that mm-hmm. you've been putting together around um, making the world a better place, basically through uh, th- through making solar energy available to some of the world's poorest folks. We're going to get into that a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but in the intervening weeks, I've seen a couple of stories pop up that kind of reminded me of it, and I thought we'd spend a few mm-hmm. minutes tonight just talking about kind of the the larger ecosystem in which a project like Basic Power might exist. But maybe before we do, why, why don't you give us a quick refresher, just a quick, quick view on what Basic Power is? So there are about um, 1.3 billion people out of the total um, 7.4 billion so people in the world um, who do not have electricity yet, um, primarily uh, in Africa, India, and in uh, South Asia. Um, so um, that's, that's a, a huge problem because not having electricity means you, in general, don't ha- you have 
almost no lighting. You, you may have to burn kerosene in order to have lights. It's, it's basically like you're camping out, except uh, you know you're being forced to do it. You're not. Um, it's no you know, fun. It, uh, yeah. Right. No fun. Yeah. And you may not have brought with you, you know you know, roll up in your car and have, you know, camp equipment in the bag. You're basically just, you know, again, you're, you have, you're very poor. You're only using kerosene or whatever wood and stuff you have. So life is just a lot harder. And it's, the, the statistics show this far more deadly, that, that basically having, uh, being poor, having no electricity, it's just uh, the, um, Amount of deaths because you can't have clean water, don't have good um, um, sanitation. That, that stuff all seems to go hand in hand. Um, so, in the and you also think about things like you know having reliable lighting in your home at night so you could read. Right. Or it, really, right. most most access to all the modern right. electronic technology. That we enjoy. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And if you have electricity, that can be the first rung on the ladder to because then I can if I give them a ten twenty dollar smartphone um, Wi-Fi device you can get connected you can connect up with other people and say okay instead of me going over to the market to sell stuff I can then check my phone check the prices at ten different markets and then uh, I'll go to the one that give me the best price so you can arrange sales so then you start earn money more money so every aspect of, of being able to do more uh, and earn more works better when you have even just a little bit of electricity. And, I, and my idea for basic power is that, that the the correlation between how many kilowatt hours you have is, is totally correlated to how much um, per capita GDP you have. So up in the top right corner of a, of a graph, you'd have the United States, Canada, de- developed countries where it's around 10,000 kilowatt hours. Um, Germany, Europe, Japan um, tend to have a bit less to 3,000 to 5,000 kilowatt hours, but you know they tend to be warmer places, may not have as much heating, or they right. make do with a bit less than the U.S., Canada, some other place like that. <clears throat> so then that's at the $3,000 um, per, per year level. You drop down to um, $5,000, and you're at 1,000 uh, kilowatt hours, so 10 times less, and you drop down to uh, $1,000 per, per year, which is still actually three times more than, than the, you know, your really poor people with, on, a, on a dollar a day or less. Um, they're at about um, 100 kilowatt hours. Uh, so 1% of the power that people in the U.S. and, and Canada have. And basically just even having buying, going to Amazon and buying um, a 50 kilowatt, 75 kilowatt, um, oh, sorry, 50 or, or 75 watts, you know, something that you could fold out a bit bigger than um, than a laptop for, for catching solar power. Um, right. You can get that much that much solar power. If you hook up to a car battery or better a lithium battery, then you can save power over. You know, beyond the six hours that you might have daylight into the evening when you can use it far more efficiently. So it wouldn't take much, like that, that 1%. And currently the um, electricity 
you know, they were getting from solar, and people say, oh, great, we, we're, we got 1% solar power for, for the whole world, but it's going to the, if, if we're solving poverty, going to the wrong people, it's going to the developed world, like I have solar on my roof, right. um, and it's in these big metal panels from Solar City, but you need to have stuff that doesn't have to hook up to a grid, that's more lightweight, you know, more suited to the form factor that um, people in, the, in these poor places need in order to help get them their first bit of, of power so that they can get out of poverty and not have to buy um, expensive kerosene. They, they, have to, they pay far more than we pay for any kind of propane or kerosene because, again, distribution issues and other stuff that they have. So, um, this, so the plan is to get some really basic solar infrastructure into the hands of individuals in those kinds of settings, right? That's right. That's right. And then give them other stuff too. You can give, you can have um, a solar well. There, there's some group working on that where basically we have a, uh, a small solar panel, again, maybe 100 watts, that's powering um, a few horsepower uh, well so that someone has to pump it themselves and then they can irrigate a farm. So again, they, they can go from um, a you know, dirt farmer or something like that to, you know, you go to carry water from a river or something like that to someone who can irrigate and do stuff. So, so you can just leap up and make things more productive, um, more food, you know, every, everything just starts working better because you can start giving them things. Oh, if you have a bit of power, you can just, and you, we make the devices for you. You can start giving a community more stuff so you can start bootstrapping them up. And as we discussed the plan a few weeks ago, as I recall, mm -hmm. yeah. your, your plan is, your idea is that basically this infrastructure could be made available to everyone who needs it for a fairly modest investment, relatively speaking. I mean, when you talk about a global project, right. that, that it, right. would not be, it would not be anything near what most people would imagine it would cost to do that. Right, because we're already spending quite a bit of money, uh, try, trying to spend money on, on programs to electrify the, the, the people who don't have electricity, but it, these programs have been going on for, for decades and still people don't have power. It's because they're, the people who are funding these things, they're choosing to fund things like a hydroelectric dam or you know, even if it's a small hydroelectric dam or um, a gas plant or, or some other kind of traditional utility scale power source. But then if I have that, say I have a 100 megawatt thing, I then have to make a grid uh, to, to pull the power out. I have to make a large transforming station, step it down from 100 megawatts down to 10 megawatts, keep, you know, like a spider web spreading out the power until, you know, go from 10 megawatts down to uh, a megawatt down to um, 100 kilowatts until you, you have a um, electricity you know, at a, um, you know, whatever substation or some other distribution node that gets, so you have 100 watts or a kilowatt coming into, actually be about 100, 100 200 watts coming into homes. Right. Um, but then it takes a ton of time to, to make um, uh, a power grid. That, that's, again, like we've taken 100, 200 years to, to make our power grid. Um, and Though it's, it's, it's a long time to make those kinds of things. So it's better to not have, if you can give them power without a grid, then you can save a ton of time. And like I say, if you can give them a 100-watt thing that you know, someone can, can carry, just 
um, like a small, <clears throat> like two two books of of weight, then you can just start handing out like a uh, hundred of them from the back of a truck, or even several hundred from the back of a truck, um, versus having to run train loads of equipment and have a multi-year, maybe 10, 15-year project to make the power plant and make the grid. Yeah, the difference in, in how long it takes and also the fact that all the money that you spend would yeah. be going directly to getting power, directly to people, almost immediately. That's right. It's the, that's right, it, right. Yeah. But you do, there is some infrastructure you want to make because you would want to make more factories dedicated to it. So you want to have some supply right. chain. But the, the gigafactory, battery factory that Elon Musk made, he put that together in um, maybe four years, that, you know, end-to-end -end, um, to make that. And then that included also building up supplies for, for lithium because he, they, he was starting to use more than, than, than was being um, generated for the world for previous um, um, factories. And there are more lithium battery factories being made in China. So there's several equivalents of, uh, air quotes, gigafactories being produced. But again, it's being produced for electric cars, 75 kilowatt hours of batteries going into each Tesla Model S versus spreading that out among 100 poor families in Africa. So I view this problem as kind of like when you go to Disneyland and you have the fast pass where Right. Someone skips the regular line and goes through the other line. So you need to say, you know, they can say, okay, you rich people or even myself don't have, you know, don't go so that we get all the production factories going to the developing world. People still want their electric cars and stuff. So you just have to make new factories, start producing some a separate supply chain for the purpose of providing power and batteries and other products directly to those people and just saying instead of making, you know, the World Bank putting $40 billion toward these other projects, move it towards something that can work 10 times, 30 times faster and cheaper. Get 30 times more bang for your buck, 10 times, 20 times faster. And yeah, and working with organizations like the World Bank, maybe some yeah. governments, some NGOs, and also possibly business who might have some yeah. interest in this too. There, there's potential right. ways of rolling this out so, such that it would uh, it would it would be beneficial for some uh, some business entities. But get everybody together, create that supply chain, and get cranking on this thing. We could have right. some basic power in the hands of everyone in the world who needs it over what period of time? Do you think what's realistic to say? <sighs> If, if people are doing some kind of like um, military mobilization effort, you might be able to do it in two years. But probably more realistically, it could happen in probably five years. Okay. But definitely, you know, you can accelerate beyond what looks like the pace we're going is like 20 or 40 years. So you can break it down to five. And then if you really push, you can do better. And then you can also do stuff like, you know, if you logistics spread it out to say, okay, not give every person right away, we'll give to every household. So every household right. of three to five people, we start giving you in, in your community first. So we can spread it out a little bit just so that everyone has a little bit and then start filling in, say, okay, now every, every person and stuff like that and start working there. Um, and then each country can do more because it's not like India has no money. You know, they spend perhaps $20 billion on 
on their military or um, spend, they spend on other things and they do want to lift their people out and electrify. They're just, again, doing it in a way that's, you know, uh, slower, making a coal plant, making grid. And, you know, those are all good because, you, you know, being on the plug-in is, is great. But if people don't power first, let's get the mobile easier to less lighter on infrastructure approach to just get them some power, get them some batteries, and then fill in after they already have something with uh, grid if you eventually want to get to that point. But um, more batteries, so more, more, more solar, yeah. Yeah, let's look at some of these other stories because I wanted to compare basic power to some of these other ideas that have come up. And one thing I'll say, you know, we've just spent 15 minutes on basic power, so we're going to work on the elevator pitch, okay? We're gonna, okay, we're going to work on the elevator pitch. We're going to work on getting a, a shorter, quick, quick version of it. But that's okay because you're mm-hmm. going to be back on the show talking about it a lot, so we'll get it down um, okay. to, to an even pithier uh, version than, than we just heard. But I, I think it's, it's important for people to hear that whole story. It's important that, that you hear all aspects of it, especially when you start hearing about other ways that people can be helped out of, out of poverty, other projects that can be put in place. Because I, I think it's, it's interesting to look at, well, um, are these competitive ideas? Are these cooperative ideas? Would these go together? Do they have nothing to do with each other? I think it's an interesting thing to ask about each of the three that we'll look at. And this first one, uh, which is, uh, by the way, it's at uh, blogtalkradio.com in our show notes. It's also at worldtransform.com linked there. Akia aims to take 200,000 people out of poverty in a massive social sustainability drive. Now, this one's very straightforward. Basically, just uh, IKEA, uh, a project that uh, the Jordan River Foundation, uh, the the Queen of Jordan, has worked this deal out with IKEA, and and they're going into refugee camps and basically putting some some infrastructure in place, and it's going to create jobs for these refugees. So people have been living in camps, suddenly they, you know, they have jobs and they're contributing to, you know, the overall global, what's the word I'm looking for, machine that is IKEA, right? Suddenly they're, right, right. they're part of that. Now that's huge uh, in a different way than power, right? But it plays mm-hmm. into the same kind of idea. If you, you think about if people have, if they have power and then there's something they can do, right? There, there's a way they can mm-hmm. participate in the economy that they couldn't before. You've got a lot more mm-hmm. value in the economy than, than you had before because you've got to think long-term. One of the things that IKEA might be looking at is here, you've taken 200,000 people out of poverty, put them into your mm-hmm. supply chain, but they also potentially one day become consumers of IKEA products, right? If you, know, if right. you want to look at it in a completely uh, maybe self-interested way. And that's true mm-hmm. when you look at a project like Basic Power too, isn't it? Right, that that you want to use it as a as a means for them to do more in terms of you know making more food, making more products, uh, to to create more economy, so that they so that they can uh, create a virtual circle and and cycle up to full developed status. Um, but you know, to it, it wouldn't be sustainable if they. Are just there and have some power or light if they're not able to, uh, then they're stuck. If you just give them handouts and they don't, can't do more with it, become more productive, then, then uh, they don't ramp up to, to get out of more poverty. Yeah, and as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, is there any connection between basic power and this kind of idea? Well, there are some. I mean, potentially, uh, some of the people who are recipients of this uh, 
solar technology could also be the people who help deploy the program, right? They they could be the people who help right. bring it to the next village, right? They could also be people working right. in the in the manufacturing. So it, it it could be a it could be a job creating program as well as an energy producing program, couldn't it? Right, right. Well, China is trying to do their one belt one road, where they're trying to um, create um, um, ports as well as um, rail out to various countries and places, but and creating infrastructures. But you, when you do that and, and follow that model that China has used internally, then having power, you can make power factories, you can, and then create more jobs. So, so similar here, IKEA can't just say, okay, it would be very inefficient for them to just give, not give them um, some power, some factory, some tools, some equipment that would make them more productive. If, and, and having electricity industrialization means that you're far more productive. That, right. That's what we saw with ourselves in the 1800s, 1700s, 1800s, when you started getting steam, that you, hand in hand with that, you were making the factories, making the... Um, the trains and the equipment like that, and then empowering factories that work. If, uh, a factory without power is just pretty stupid. You know, it's like some kind of like prison gang manually doing something. You're right, doing right, something yeah. just for the sake of filling time, because. not actually being um, productive. Right. So, so, so by having basic power, you can create jobs, either even for themselves or for supplying other people. Absolutely. How about this? How about this next one? Uh, Indian startup Avant Garde Innovations has developed a low-cost wind turbine that can generate three to five kilowatt hours of electricity daily. Now, th- what drew me to this story was they said you could get a wind turbine to power a whole house for a lifetime for the cost of an iPhone. And I thought, well, that's similar uh, in, right. in terms of you're talking about you know a real straightforward way of getting energy into people's hands, and it's at a reasonably low cost. Although I, right. you know, you, you have to tell me mathematically. Is the three to five kilowatt hours from wind for the cost of an iPhone? How does that compare to the solar panels in in basic power? Is this as good a deal, or would something would there be room for something like this, or is this maybe just kind of a, a just a different approach? I, I think it, it would go hand in hand. That that um, the seven hundred fifty bucks for five kilowatt hours in a day um, is a very attractive price. The issue with it is that it's kind of difficult to see how tall it is, but it looks like it could be about um, four stories tall. They don't. They have a building in the, picture, in the background. Yeah, about that, yeah. it, it's, it's tough to say. Maybe look at the video. Well, I can see now a person standing on it in, in the in the video, where it looks like it's definitely about forty feet tall. Okay. So. The, it, you know, something that wouldn't be that difficult to, to raise up. You know, you've had barn raisings in the old days where you'd have, you know, much manual labor to, to, to pull up a barn. Similarly, something like this, you could assemble on the ground, and then you get the ropes, and you have a few people pull it up, and then you, you have assembled. There are issues in terms of um, the fact, and the things laid on top look like it's about six, seven feet across, um, that the... There are um, some space issues in terms of, you know, if you're going into uh, a slum area or going out to some rural area, it probably wouldn't be an issue. If, if you uh, are out on some uh, poor farm in, in Africa or India, you have the room to put something 
up up like this in right. um in a uh, slum dense uh, urban area of poor people this might have uh issues the good thing about wind and solar is that wind also blows at night so right. the the power profile could be better with the wind so and having such a low cost to get five kilowatt hours that's um, um a very good um uh, power level so i think it would be something that you could combine that you could have some projects like this the, the thing is for the for the wind power at that power level you would have to create a little mini grid at least to distribute the, the distribute, power. Distribute, yeah, because coming. that would be more than one home would need in the kind of setting we're talking about. They talk about powering one house right. here, but that's in the developed right. world, and it's too much power right. for for what we, you know the, the kind of basic power distribution that we're talking about in the in right. the developing world. I also like the idea. You know, the sun isn't always shining, the wind isn't always blowing. So if you got both, right, right you're, you're you're that much uh, you're that much farther ahead. Yeah, okay, you, that you might need le- less batteries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that takes us to the last one, which uh, you had put up on uh, Next Big Future, and uh, is a, is a mm-hmm. completely different one. But I think it really kind of fits into the overall picture. This solar-powered device can pull three liters of water every day per kilogram of material straight from the desert air. So, talk to us about this. What is mm-hmm. what's what's going on with this? So that's um, from Berkeley, and they've created some uh, crystalline powders. Um, metal organic frameworks, which are kind of um, molecular scale kind of uh, little cages and stuff. So um, they're able to control the property, properties of it. And, and the good thing about those metal organic frameworks is that they have uh, some uh, nano-Lego type uh, capabilities to be um, um, modified so they can do it with them. So. Uh, haven't been able to determine the, the exact details of it, but they're basically yeah, using it to um, uh, at night the device is opened, allowing air to flow into the pores of the of the crystalline material, and that grabs hold of, of the water molecules. And then during the day, the chamber is closed, and the the sun's heat causes the um, the material to release the water as vapor. That condensates and then is uh, collected below. So then the wire just leaks out from the bottom of the device. So it seems um, uh, relatively, relatively simple to um, to kind of like. Uh, well, you look at the picture. The, the it looks like this little toaster oven or something, right? And it's just this. Right, I mean, it's right. such a basic device. Just this solar panel, and then there's the, I guess the filter made of the the the, the chemical compounds you were describing sitting under that, and then, yeah. and then that's sitting basically over a bucket <laughs> because it's yeah. dumping the water yeah. into the into the bucket. And when it says uh, three liters of water every day per kilogram of material, the material being the filter. So if you had a bigger filter, you yeah. could make, you, in I guess, a bigger solar cell, you, you could make more water, right, if you needed to. That's right. That's right. A bigger chamber. And it's kind of like, um, you know, a bunch of baking soda or something like that that you're just sticking, in, in, you know, in a location and then it's, Doing its business of, of um, absorbing um, water out of the air. Now, does that um, stuff that filter? Does that have to be replaced, or does it wear out, or does it just keep pulling water out of the air forever? I think that it it keeps cycling through. It, it uh, they don't mention any um, thing where it gets used up because it's it's basically got a lot of pores and then 
the wire gets trapped in, and then you heat it and releases it. It doesn't seem to be like a battery where it's, um, after so many charges, the chemistry gets messed up. It seems to be just, you know, uh, you can keep heating it to release the, or doing, um, doing something to just release the water. Um, so it's like um, maybe a towel. You just, you know, you get it soaked up, you wring it out, and you can keep, you know, get some more water, keep wringing it out. It doesn't uh, deteriorate. Um, and it doesn't say in the article, but do you think that the air has to be particularly humid for this to work? I mean, they say in a desert, so you would think they say that in the it desert, yeah. Happen. So it, it seemed like they went to the um, most challenging um, situation to to, right. to actually get the, the water out. They do mention that there's uh, 13 trillion liters of water in the atmosphere, which is 10% of all the fresh water in our lakes and rivers. So it's a lot of it. Um, it looks like it also should definitely work in um, more humid environments. That I don't see why why it wouldn't why it, why it would only work in um, in that situation. I think they just chose the desert because that was the yeah that's showing the, doing it the hard way. Yeah, absolutely doing the hard way. It yeah. work there. It should work. Yeah. it should work anywhere. Let's talk about what this potentially could mean for folks in the developing world. This is this is huge. I think people don't have a good concept of how important this is because it's it doesn't even come up in the story that I can see. This is clean water, you know. It's yeah. not just that you can get water in a desert. It's that you can yeah. be where you are and get clean water where you are, which is huge yeah. for a lot of people right. in the world who have to walk long distances um, to go to a, like a river or a spring or a well or something like that. In the in, in right. the 21st century, we don't think about that, but there's a large segment of the population of the world that spends a good part of their day just going after water, isn't there? That's right. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's time consuming. It's tiring. There's less energy to do other things. Um, so it's, the one thing about the, uh, this is um, about this device is that they need to convert it from uh, zirconium. They have much of zirconium in it, which is $150 per kilogram to do mm-hmm. it. So it makes it too expensive right now. But they convert it to using aluminum in their um, in their chemistry, and then that'll be 100 times cheaper. So then $1.50 per kilogram. So then $1.50 to produce three liters of water every day, that becomes a bargain that, um, um, you know, that'd be enough water for, for a family at, um, at about 50 per, per kilogram. So then you, you buy it once and then you, uh, and then with the toaster cage, you know, it definitely looks like it'd be 10 bucks. So that would be then affordable to, uh, really address the issue of, like I say, cl- providing clean water to people, uh, providing water in desert, water for agriculture, um, and really agriculture is when people, when planners look at it, it's, it's basically like um, they don't think of like how many uh, kilogram bushels of food is, how much water do I have, and that right. through the act of farming converts water. Into, into food. You, know, you have the seeds and the stuff, but then it's, it's, you're using the water to, to produce it. So it's, it's for agriculture, it's for health, it's you know, critical for what, we, what people need. I like the comparison you make here to the moisture evaporator in Star Wars. It's kind of, a, it's a, you know, it's like yeah, the, yeah. the real world. It's actually probably more, right, it's the, the um, 
Star Wars is probably the more famous one just because the movie is a bit more famous, but it, it, the Dune wind traps, because it's in, in the yep. book Dune, playing rackets, they, they trap water, and they, they trap it at night, and then do it. So, so it actually is closer to the, to the, to the wind traps of, uh, of Dune. You can really see something like this, a program to distribute this, going hand-in-hand with something like basic power. And in fact, I wonder, could you just build this mm-hmm. technology into some of the power units, right, rather than, rather than say, well, here's your solar, and here's your separate solar device for, uh, right? I mean, this is, this is shown yeah. being solar-powered because there wouldn't, you wouldn't think there'd be another power source. But if you, if you brought in the, power, the solar power, you could just hook it up to that, right, mm-hmm. theoretically. Yeah, I think you, that theoretically could be, could be possible that you if you could um, have an all-in-one system. Um, We're needed. Not everybody would need it, but yeah, uh, you know, right, of, right. It, it like could be more contained. Like if if I'm in a poor situation, I don't have much room. Then, if I have my little um, instead of a mini kitchen, I just have something that that supplies water and power. Then you know, if I only have a hundred square feet. Then you know space could be at a at a premium. So then you do want to combine more more things that that work together. So what do you think generally, as uh, you know, the proponent of a of a vision for how life can be improved for people? Does it help that there's a lot of these ideas out floating around, or does that tend to distract people and it makes it confusing what we should be working on? Or do you think it's uh, it's beneficial that there's synergy between all these different ideas? I think it's it's beneficial that there's synergy between ideas, and that, and there's always issues with supply chain where we may not be able to produce enough solar. That you know, having if someone can has a bit more metal, they can make their wind turbine. That that can get to solving the problems faster because you have right. more than one way to do it. One thing may work better in a different situation. Um, so having more options good. If I think that the key is for more people to be fully aware of why a certain set of solutions, you know, are ten times better and faster. That we, if we, um, Andy Grove of Intel used to talk about internet as being a 10x force. That once something you know, becomes 10x better, then it starts sweeping away the old stuff and 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 becoming the dominant thing. Right. And here in the problem of solving poverty, solving issues of, of of power and 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 clean water and those kind of things, that in the toolbox of of solutions there could be a a clear preference to the ones that are ten times, twenty times better. It'd be the rare situation when you want to do the other one, uh, some of the other ones like the the dam stuff. But you know, if you have cheap wind turbines, cheap solar batteries, and, and water solutions, those would be the preferred tools in, in the toolbox that you should, and the one that should be promoted. But I definitely think that having innovation and different ideas, X Prize type things, where and maker type situations where people, students, look at here's the best solutions we got, and then try to innovate and make them even better for the issues of um, distribution. How do we get them out to the people who need them? Right, and just having them add ideas. You know, mention our blog is good to, to to promote the idea, right? But we really want the devices out to the people, so that 
they're, they're getting the benefit and lifting them up their poverty, and combining them with communication, like the cheap $10, $20 uh, electronic devices for you know smartphones, etc. Like those are also critical. Um, I think of it. There was in the movie Apollo 13 where the, they had the explosion in the capsule, and then they didn't have, they didn't they lost um, power and air and all kind of things. And the person on the ground, the, that expert, who was saying, you know, whoa, guys, you know, power is everything. Without that, they don't turn on the turn on the communications to us. They they don't adjust their trajectory and all those kind of things. It's similar here that we're trying to adjust the trajectory of the poor people and want to communicate to them, tell them the ideas, and by not having power, not being able to communicate to them as effectively, we got to you know handle the messages. That's also the, the problem, that by having power, we can communicate to them, we can get them the better ideas and start help integrating them into the, the economy. Yeah, you think about it. I mean, that makes total sense. Power is everything. If you have power, you can build the infrastructure to give you a job on top of that. I mean, the mm-hmm. making the water out of air takes power, right? You need, you need power right. to do that anyway. It's got power built into it. Right. Every one right. of these ideas um, is kind of downstream from the idea of let's get some power into their hands. You, you can see where right. uh, all of these ideas could go hand in hand. But if one of them, I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here. If one of them is a 10x idea, it's basic power. That's the 10x right. idea, and then and let's let these uh, let's let these other di- ideas go with them. Well, Brian, great uh, great having you on. Great talking about these things. I look forward to uh, talking with you further about this as this idea develops. Thank you. I, I look forward to talking about it more as well. All right. Well, there you go. And of course, Brian probably could have gone on another hour and a half, um, and I certainly had a lot more to discuss, which is why we're planning on having him on a lot more frequently to talk about these kinds of things. But uh, as you said at the beginning, what a great guest. It's always fun talking to Brian. Absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant guy uh, with, yeah, always always, uh, fascinating, uh, the things that he uh, he has to talk about. well, anyway, and he's got so many good ideas, and he keeps uh, he keeps introducing new ones. So uh, that's why we'll have yeah, to keep bringing him back. Um, he has a fantastic blog. Uh, to any of, our, any of our listeners who I want to check that out, uh, it's nextbig nextbigfuture.com, right? Yep, and of course we've linked it here at uh, Blog Talk Radio and at WorldTransform.com. So check out his blog. And with that, Stephen, guess what? We're wrapping up a Friday. Time for some other geek. Have you got any great uh, geek topics for us this week? That's right. Other great geek is our segment where we just get to talk about anything we like. That yes. Well, I've got a couple. If you if you don't mind, I want to throw out some TV yeah. stuff real fast if I could. Go for um, it. Just two TV shows I want to really recommend to everyone, and I don't think we've talked about either one. One is Legion on FX, and I don't know, Stephen, if you had a chance to catch Legion, but wow, that is a weird show. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to say that if you here, here's what it here's here's how weird it is. Okay, if you like Stranger Things, all right. If you like Twin Peaks, and if you like the X Men, you ought to give Legion. And in fact, and if you like Downton Abbey, okay, you might want to <laughs> okay. give. Okay, all right. <laughs> so that's an interesting gumbo you got going. There, so. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's a very strange show, but uh, I have enjoyed it so much. Um, it is one of the most unique things I have ever seen, ever done for television. It is just bizarre, uh, and yet really accessible and a lot of fun. Funny, um, and yet very weird. Uh, pretty violent. I mean, it's not a show for the kids, but uh, just. Uh, 
check it out. That's all I can say. Check out, check out Legion, whatever you do. And my other good news TV is on uh, Netflix. Have you had a chance to check out the new Mystery Science Theater 3000? I have. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, well, then I don't have to tell you. They've done it right. right? I, I hope you agree. I, I think they've really brought it back, and it really feels like the actual show. It doesn't hurt that Joel Hodgson is the producer, that it was his Kickstarter campaign that uh, brought the show back, and that he's directing the episodes and is, is participating as a writer. But uh, i got to say, I was watching one the other night, and I'm just, you know, grinning from ear to ear. One thing, it's just nostalgic to have it back and be watching new ones, you know. But also, it's really funny. I mean, it, they, 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 they really have done it right. I, I'm terribly <laughs> impressed. Um, I, you know, it was a good choice in, in, in the bad movie they showed, too. The bad movie was just the right amount of bad to be <laughs> so bad it's good kind of yeah. deal. <laughs> um, I thought it was hilarious. I was, and, you know, as always, they, uh, they say what we would like to think if we were witty enough. You know, uh, yes. when watching a bad movie. That's right. You watch that and you go, if I was really quick and smart, that's the joke I would have made. I think that that, that is why it works, you know, because you yeah. kind of congratulate yourself on, yeah, that's the kind of joke I would make if I was, you know, really on top of things. Uh, you know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it, 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 it totally works. And I, I did show my kids a clip of the, uh, the rap, the, uh, Every Country Has a Monster, because I felt like that was educational, you know. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. It kind of yeah, they love that song. So my my kids going around singing that now. Just uh, if if you haven't seen it yet, Netflix Mystery Science Theater three thousand is back and it's quite and wonderful. It's, and it's so. quite good. It's quite good. Yes, they those are a, those are my other geeks. They had a promo where they were doing uh, you know Mystery Science Theater watches Stranger Things in uh, in their in their promo. And oh, I haven't seen that. I got to check it, that it out. Was, it was pretty great, also. But of course. Of course, that, that's sort of going against the grain. You have to see, see a bad movie when you're watching Mystery Science. All right, yeah. Not, nothing good, but anyway, they, they were having a good time, too, you know. Although, uh, presumably, uh, they could I, even do that with a really good movie. It would just be harder, right? Yeah. You know, it, yeah, there's, yeah, there's not uh, as the much to work with. the 1980s, when everything looked taupe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, see, they can make those jokes anyway. Yeah, they, they, were, they made the jokes and had a good time. Exactly. But anyway, um, and uh, I don't think they did the whole thing or anything. You know, of course, it's a <laughs> they did just a little promo of it, but it was still fun. Anyway, Naturally. Uh, uh, I you know uh, my internet TV watching you know, lately. I've been catching up uh, on the old show Community. Uh, man, I can't believe I missed it when it was in its initial run. It is so good. That is uh, Community is a hilarious show. And, sitcom, uh, you know, and uh, yeah. I watched the first episode, didn't get into it, and never watched after that. But I've never heard anything but how hilarious it is from everybody. Oh man, got to give watched. it another try, Phil. Yeah, uh, it's it's on Hulu. Go check it out. And uh, oh, okay, check out Community, definitely. Yeah, and uh, I got the whole series on there, and uh, I'm make I'm I'm working my way through. Now I'm on the second uh, season. So I mean, it's, basically, I'm watching an episode every night. And, and, and howling with laughter. Oh, a controlled binge. It's a controlled binge. A controlled binge. Yeah, I, you know, don't, I'm not as young as I used to be. I've got to, you know, I've got to face myself. <laughs> you got to work and stuff. So. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, well, you know, um, over the week uh, we uh, heard from uh, Brian Wong uh, on Next Big Future. He, he posted something I thought was interesting. He he uh, posted about real life moisture evaporators. Right. And, yeah, we, and, we just talk, we heard about that briefly in the review. Yes. Yep. In the and, interview. Uh, and so, 
and I just thought it was fascinating because you know it's Star Wars stuff, and but it's real. And and you know, and anybody that's run, runs an air conditioner in a place like Louisiana knows that there's a lot of water in the air. Uh, but apparently that works even in places that you would consider arid. You know, you get you can uh, uh, extract water from the air in a significant amount. But the problem's always been the amount of water, and it's uh, uh, and and the price of doing so is, is prohibitive. Um, you know, to to actually use as a water source, but uh, the, basically with the with the you know the materials that are being used, the materials tech that's being brought to bear on the problem, they're they're able to do it much cheaper. And it looks like there might actually be a future for uh, providing water in very arid places uh, with that kind of technology. So you know. Uh, yeah, Star Wars. You know, one point Star Wars. So you know, we got a yeah, gotta, some important Star Wars technology yeah. showing up in the real world. That's great. That's yeah. right. And by the way, the moisture evaporator showed up uh, in the latest Rogue One too. Did you notice that? So I mean, uh, it's it's not just uh, that we saw it in uh, the original Star Wars movie, but also I, I, yeah, it's referenced, right? I, it's not but a you actually ma- see it. It's uh, and uh, where uh, the where they were staying on that uh, on the uh, on the planet that you know. Basically, they were kidnapped from, or, or, or the uh, the main guy was kidnapped from. And anyway, it, there, there was moisture evaporators there where he was farming. So anyway, okay, uh, we're, we're we're on the verge of other nerd here at this yeah, point. Exactly, Stephen, but, uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's let's pull it back, pull it back. Anyway, so one, <laughs> point, in. one point yeah. Star Wars. We gotta we gotta give Star Trek a try, you know, our, our chance, right? We need some real world Star Trek technology. That's what right. you're saying. We, we've yeah. seen lots of real world Star Trek. You know, I mean, going back to the flip phones. 15 years ago, you know. That's, that's right. Uh, that's, that's some Star Trek-inspired stuff. But at any rate, uh, Peter Diamantis' group, um, the XPRIZE Foundation, uh, wanted to really push the issue of, you know, we need some medical tricorders in this world. And it's, it's uh, not, just, uh, not just for the, uh, uh, you know, the rich guy here in the first world, but uh, wouldn't it be awesome if the sort of uh, technology that uh, – you could bring to bear in places that are remote. You, you could take medical technology out into, you know, into remote places and be able to treat people quickly and and uh, and, and not be it not be prohibitively expensive. And so they uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about the tricorder in Star Trek is Bones didn't really have to be that great of a doctor, right? You just <laughs> point the tricorder at somebody. Jim, this man is a Klingon, right? I mean, you know, he, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And, you know, whatever. You know, he could run a tricorder over someone and, you know, identify their disease or whether they had a cure or what the cure was. Or, I mean, it's a exactly. remarkable device. Now, we don't quite have that yet, but uh, what, what, what's the XPRIZE Foundation? What, what have they managed to make okay, happen? Okay, they have uh, – basically, they set out the goal. They said, you will have, we will say that you have invented a tricorder if you provide us with a, an electronic device – that is able to non-invasively test for and diagnose 13 diseases. And uh, that sounds like a good modest start for a tricorder. Good modest start. Of course, you know the tricorder that Bones is using is you know millions of diseases. You know, sure. Space diseases, diseases we hadn't even thought about. That's right. But um, you know he's uh, he's working with you know a few extra hundred years involved there, right? But anyway, this first. Uh, Tricorder uh, version one, um, they, they were able to award the prize to two different groups. Um, a group of American uh, scientists uh, uh, received the first prize of $2.6 million, and a Taiwanese team received the second prize of $1 million. 
and um, and so there was initially there was 312 teams entered this, so it was wow. it was, it was a, a hard battle contest, and and, the, and and they have now awarded two teams. Uh, and this is uh, this is five years post launch. You know, it's taken a little while. We've we've mentioned this on this show several times. Uh, I, I recall right when it launched, we we spoke about this, and uh, and wished the teams well. But uh, now they've. Uh, They've got the money, and uh, the, both teams are vowing to use the money to uh, better develop the, uh, the, you know, further develop their tricorders and bring it so that they can bring to market this a, a usable uh, device into the field. So um, I, I think that's just awesome, and congratulations to everybody involved, and including the uh, X Prize Foundation for launching what I just I have, I'm confident. Will, uh, a device that will save lives and make the world a better place. So, well, congratulations to us all for living in a world that has tricorders in it now. I mean, that's just that's right. awesome. That's it's, just so cool. Uh, and, yeah. you know, it's another wonderful demonstration of the power of these push prizes. You, right. you put a prize up and you get 300 teams working on trying to make this happen. And, right. and two of them actually deliver the goods. And now there are devices that you can point them at somebody and if they've got one of 13 conditions, it will tell you that, right? I mean, that's just, that's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's just, um, these, uh, uh, what, what can I say about this? It's just, just um, uh, you know, fantastic. Uh, oh, what I was going to say is this. You know, you put up uh, like a million-dollar prize, uh, ten times that much is spent by the teams competing for that prize. It's it's uh, it's a way to leverage funds that is it's it's just a fantastic thing. I mean, yeah, there's no other good way to do that, right? I mean, that that you know, you get you get more return for your money doing this than any other way I can think of for funding research. It's just right. it's astounding. Put out the prize and let them comp- let people compete, <laughs> let them fight. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, a little more, a little more uh, other geek there. Anyway, that's uh, a little Godzilla geek. Um, anyway, that it's uh, it's a fantastic thing. Uh, congratulations to everybody. And Phil, that's that's all the other geek I have. How about you? Well, I'm sorry, it took me a second to catch the uh, let them fight, but now I got it. And thank you for a little <laughs> that, that little Godzilla reference. That that truly wraps up other geek. Great stuff. <laughs> Uh, been a great week. Great talking to you. Thanks once again to Brian Wong for being with us. We're going to be back again next week with three brand new shows. Look forward to being with you all then. And until next time, live to see it. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.